Welcome, my friends, to Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat, the podcast that never ends, where we gather our clan and talk about the peace and love in our lives, the difficulties along the journey, and how we rise up from them. We will experience a little thing I call cluberty together, and by the end of the show, we're going to find our sweet spot. I'm Uncle Dave, and our transformation starts right here. Hey now, and how are you doing? Just want to welcome you to the next episode of Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat. Today we have extraordinaire writer, and we're going to hear about his story. He's actually coming to us from Egypt, so I'm really eager to hear. So, John Spender. John, how are you doing today? How's the, the trip going? Yeah, awesome. Yeah, it's great to connect with you, David, and uh, the trips I've been here for just over two months now and uh, finishing my um, Egypt part of my travels and it's been an epic experience and yeah I've been I'm being I'm right in front of the pyramids so it's uh yeah it's pretty pretty amazing yeah that, that, that that's incredible because uh, as I said we before I, you know it's one of the bucket list things I really you know have a strong need to be in that part of the world uh, to see some of that antiquity and but to, to really see it and Living it, you know, you could read books about it and see pictures, but I know when I've been to the museums in in in, in London and the, uh, here in New York, you know, you, you really start seeing the artifacts, and you're like, "Wow!" So, how is it seeing it first play in, in live? Incredible! Like it's just breathtaking. I remember when I checked in a couple of days ago, and I was just like, "Wow!" Like it's it's right there, and it exudes an energy. It has such a strong, powerful presence. And it's been there for thousands, thousands of years, and uh, it just yeah, it has that energy. It's it's hard to describe. I mean, you can obviously you've seen pictures and things like that, but when you're here, you really feel it. It just, whew, yep. it's it's impressive. It is impressive. Yeah. Yeah. No, I felt the same way. You know, when I was in Rome, and you see the Colosseum. And, you know, you've heard about it and, you know, obviously there's millions of movies about it and things like that. But to see those things live, uh, and I can't imagine, so that wasn't a, a, as old as the pyramids. I mean, really. It's, yeah, it, I haven't been to Colosseum. I've been to Italy a bunch of times. I haven't made it down to Rome. But so, uh, yeah, I don't have the comparison there. But I think any of those sort of ancient sites, I was in Petra um, the beginning of the month, and that's another. That's in Jordan, and that's another like ancient site. You know, I think it was constructed, you know, in 50 BC. You know, 50 years before Christ, and that's it's, just has that energy as well. You're walking through the valley, and you're just surrounded by you know these ancient carvings and buildings. That it, it, it almost takes you to another dimension. It really just takes out your your, your normal way of operating and being. Um, it's it's hard to to explain and put into words, but phenomenal place as well. Yeah, I, I can only imagine for right now, and I do I do hope to to do that type of trip. Uh, how long did it take you to yeah. plan a trip like that? Uh, you know, like life's a journey. I didn't plan it. Yeah, I, I mean, uh, even better. <laughs> yeah, it had been on my radar for uh, a while, but I've been living the th- freedom lifestyle since two thousand and thirteen. And I was just talking to a buddy of mine. Uh, he's now in the Dominican Republic, and he's just embarked on that journey. And we're talking about a couple of different things that we might create around that. Um, but yeah, so nine years today, I've been on the the freedom lifestyle, and so 
essentially, um, yeah, I just have, I'm very, I'm very much a minimalist. And so I have, you know, one, two, three um, bags and uh, yeah, wherever I um, travel to, uh, that's, that's home. And so I was in, my main base though was Bali. I, I did have a base there um, for eight and a half years, but I lived in many different parts of Bali, you know, just leasing places here and there and uh, it was an amazing experience. But this time, yeah, I'm just um, decided to go and travel. And so I left last year in November and I went to Istanbul. And then from Istanbul, I was just, I was actually just following the path of least resistance with the whole COVID thing. And so it was like, where's easy to go to? Where has the, and I found a website, uh, Turkish Airlines, and they have a color coded map with the different restrictions from different countries. And uh, Egypt from um, Turkey was the easiest place to um, get to. And so I decided, and I met a friend. I had planned to sort of, I was going to go to Egypt at some point, but from Turkey, it was the easiest place to go to um, that wasn't as cold as, say, Europe or, you know, anywhere else in that vicinity. And um, so, yeah, I ended up, I was red, I always wanted to go to Red Sea as well and dive in the Red Sea. Um, so it'd been my dream list for a while. And of course, the pyramids. I mean, who's, you know, that's on everyone's dream list or, or bucket list that you say. And it's just one of those places. I think they call it like the seventh wonder of the world or something like that. And it is an extraordinary place. Just the history, the energy, you know, all the antiquities and museums and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, no planning. I kind of just went with the flow. Now, I find that, I, I mean, I guess, you know, some people need to, to plan and things like that. I kind of like to go with the flow. I do a little bit of research um, sometimes. Uh, just in terms of like, what do I need? Do I need a PCR test? Do I need to be vaccinated? That sort of thing, and um, take it from there. So that sounds awesome. Uh, now, I, I, I think I, I know, but uh, uh, the, the freedom lifestyle. Could you explain that to us a little bit? That's basically being like location independent. Um, that you can live anywhere that you choose. Um, so I guess people that are drawn to that type of lifestyle would have a high value on freedom. I think everyone does to a certain extent, but people that seek like the digital nomad lifestyle, I think that that's probably a common term, Locate being location independent. Uh, freedom lifestyle is, that you know, you get to choose, you know, what you do, you know, where you do it, uh, you know, basically every aspect of your life, you know, so you don't have to stay in a certain place because that's where, you know, the career opportunities are for you. You can take that online. And so I've been fortunate enough to do that. Um, yeah, I've been living that lifestyle, as I said before, nine years today. So That's awesome. Uh, today's the ninth anniversary. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's one of the things we always try to talk about is different ways of living. It doesn't, you know, not everybody has the same path. And I have to say, you're looking like you're living the life. Uh, you know, you know, I feel you like I'm living the life. I really do. I have to, I have to pinch myself. I, I mean, I get like the, the shivers and the chills. Uh, at least a couple of times a week because, you know, things weren't always this way and, you know, I had to make some changes and some pivots and to um, my, trajectory, my trajectory wasn't always heading in this direction of my life and I had to, and you've got to make some changes and I had to go through some, you know, inner transformations and some turmoils and failures and so on and so forth. So, um, yeah, when people say, oh, you're lucky, it's, you know, I don't correct them or anything like that. I, I just, you know, agree with them. But I'm just thinking, mm, you know, that 
luck doesn't really have a whole lot to do with it. Yes, I feel blessed to be living this life. Um, but, yeah, it was very deliberate. Uh, you know, I'd been thinking about moving in this direction for a while and, um, you know, and that, had, that came about through, you know, a, a series of adversities. So, Well, so we, we talk about adversities here and we over, we, we've all overcome stuff. Uh, the Phoenix moments is what, what I'll call that. Uh, you know, yeah. you're in your ashes and it doesn't always have to be your, your, your rock bottom and hopefully it, it, it wasn't, but it, often, it very often is. So what was one of your Phoenix moments that, that led you to this freedom lifestyle? Well, I mean, my, my very first Phoenix moment was uh, when I was young because I didn't learn how to read and write at a basic level until I was 10 years of age. And that was in, that's in Australia and Sydney. I grew up in Sydney. Uh, yeah, so that was, that was challenging uh, because it brought up a lot of different stuff. I was, like, very good at being the class clown you know, very good at being a disruptor and, um, yeah, and I just had this, I just had a school teacher and she helped me turn it all, all around. So that was one of my early ones. Um, another one was, you know, in high school, um, I, I got into recreational drugs, mostly just marijuana and that sort of stuff. I wasn't anything serious, um, but I saw where people that had been living, taking, you know, living that life uh, a little bit longer, some of the older guys, and where that sort of led, and I wanted something different, and so I'm not moving. Um, we'd moved to the Central Coast at this point, which is just outside of Sydney, and I moved back to Sydney and went to uh, went. I just sort of did like a last couple of years of high school uh, out of college, and it was like a, some sort of a like a, they called it like a pathways program, and that was a very pivotal moment. And I, got, I ended up starting my own landscaping business and so on and so forth, and. And another transition time was um, I was back on recreational. I've been sort of on and off recreational drugs for a long time. And uh, I finally sort of just, not that, you know, I'm not sort of like demonizing it. I know people have had good experiences, but for me, you know, it wasn't, um, yeah, it wasn't conducive to where I wanted to go. And uh, yeah, 2010, I had a pivotal moment. I was um, celebrating Australia Day, um, which was yesterday. And 26, it was, and this is 2010. And I'd been doing lines, and I was washing the coke up my nose, and I looked myself in the mirror, and I, I just despised myself. I, I this is what wasn't the life that I wanted to live, and so I made some drastic changes, and I just dedicated myself to personal development, personal growth, did a lot of my own soul searching, and and what I really wanted from life, and faced my own demons rather than blaming everyone else you know, the parents, all these different emotional significant events um, that happened. And some of them were, were quite nasty in nature, um, but I took full ownership of how I actually responded to those experiences. And, um, yeah, my life changed and uh, got into, became a life coach, got into, like, giving a lot more. And I know that you're a big um, advocator of that is is being charitable, you know, giving to yeah. others and I've made um, that, a regular part of my life now for the last 11 years and that's been another huge change and um so yeah i've had i guess i have a, <laughs> most people we have a series of uh phoenix moments you know we're current current we're constantly evolving and growing and you know and i've found that people that really resist that those phoenix moments life's going to give them to you anyway you know yeah, yeah the universe that's the piece that i always talk yeah. about 
the universe is going to give them to you, right? And so, and it, might, and well and it progressively gets worse. Like, yeah, the, the yeah. universe is a little stubborn in in that it progressively will get worse. You know, it might skin your knee uh, the first time, but by the time you start breaking something, <laughs> it becomes more of a challenge. And you know, it you know that it it brings a bat. Now, uh, you know, in, in that way, it's a little violent because we have our you know rock bottom moments that that, that happen, but. You know, so what type of things do you do when, you know, now uh, you're living a, a better lifestyle, you're taking care of yourself? What are some of the things that you do currently to make sure you maintain that lifestyle, that, that mindset? The mindset, yeah, no, that's definitely the, um, the operative word for sure. The mindset is my morning routine. My morning routine solid. You know, I haven't missed my morning routine. I'm actually, today was the 640th day of not missing a morning of my morning routine. And I track and measure. You know, track and measure in finances is important for business and seeing where you're at, um, getting your financials in order. But what about your mindset? What about, you know, where you are within you within yourself, you know, your connection with your higher self? And so I have a morning routine that you know, reminds me of that, reminds me that I'm more than this flesh and bones, um, that, you know, I'm consciousness. And, uh, you know, tapping into that on the daily you know i do like a meditation chakra alignment breathing yoga i do effort like sort of like affirmations uh but in a hypnotic way Mm -hmm. and um yeah that keeps me on track yeah no that i I, that's what you have to do is create those those patterns and or so if it if you didn't do it during the day so you're a life coach so you know there's times people wake up in the morning and don't uh, can't get can't get started. You wake up a little later. Do you still uh, do that later in the day, or are there other? Uh... I do yeah. Well, I just recently went on. That's a good question. That's yeah. I recently went on a diving adventure. There's a famous. It's one of the top ten shipwrecks in the world, and the Red Sea. It's um, close to Sharm El Sheikh, which is down in the. Oh, it's up close to the Suez uh, Canal, a little bit closer to Israel. Uh, so we left at like five in the morning. And so there's just no way that I'm going to have time to do that. And so, yeah, I, there was a moment uh, in between dives where everyone was chilling. Then I, I did it. I did a part of it there. And then when I came home that evening, I did it as well. So, yeah, I, I never miss a day. I definitely have missed mornings because, you know, sometimes – I've got other things on or like events or especially if we've got like diving trips or got like an early morning flight that was unavoidable. I catch up um, during the day. I mean, it's 24 hours in a day. You can do so much. And I'm I'm a time waster. Like I will waste a lot of time, uh, which sounds strange to a lot of people because I'm very consistent in in areas. I have a lot of consistency um, with things that are going to get me where where I want to go. You know, whether that be in business with my health, you know, reading, I read every day, you know, I haven't missed a day of reading in such a long time, you know. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, yeah it's well, consistent. Sometimes it's just small things. You know, other times I might do, say, you know, minimum of, of normally or do 10 minutes of reading. You know, on those days when I've got like a whole bunch of other stuff on, I might just do five minutes. But five minutes is better than no minutes. And so I just... Yeah, have that consistency, and that works really well for me. 
Which is exactly, that's that bring a bat moment. It's knowing those boundaries and, and giving yourself yeah. permission. So like you said, you're, you're a great time waster, but you're really not. It's what you I'm, need. Yeah, no, I have but, moments where I feel like I am. Yeah, but, yeah. but we have to give ourselves permission. And it's really one of those things of how you use your time. It can't be all productive, 365, 24-7. You need to back off a little bit, right? We can't, we can't sprint to the all we can't sprint through every marathon that we're running and we need to have time to just do it you just need to make sure that you hold yourself accountable to not do that for days weeks and months on end where you do nothing productive you know and, and keeping the, the <laughs> yeah well, that's true yeah yeah it's so true i just feel that and, and you might be able to relate to this um you know that's so true what you're saying and there's still a part of me that's like I want to do the, uh, you know, just reminding myself. Yeah, like I, I do actually have a, I mean, if you see, you know, my social media, it looks like I do nothing but recreational things. Um, whereas the opposite is true. But I do sort of take those moments. Um, but there's just times where I feel like, oh, you know, I would like to be able to, I would like to do that. But, you know, I don't feel like it's, so I'm going to do this. And I, maybe that's healthy in a way that that does help me, uh have that uh i guess accountability for the next day you know um you know even if i did maybe i did half an hour the day before like for instance example would be a writing you know writing a minimum of three days a, a week and last week i only did two and so this week i'm like i've got to do four you know <laughs> that's kind of like yeah no just but it's, it's that balance is giving yourself permission yeah. to Miss a day, uh, you know, if that happens, you know, not yeah. with the, the big thing. So you're non-negotiable. If I hear you right, is that meditation practice because that resets yourself a lot. Versus, you know, did you ride your your, your bike three times this week? No, but that's okay. I'm going to take care of myself. Like if you went diving, that's a, you know, that's a different physical activity. Uh, so it's not just you know I'm letting something go. It's just doing it differently. Yeah, totally. No, I think you're, you're right. Having that flexibility is, yeah, is, is crucial. Yeah, fl- flexibility is really, you know, and that's one of the things that, that I love to do. Uh, so you've been, so you were at Bali. Uh, you, you were, I guess, Australia to ba- was it Australia to Bali, or was, you know, did you, uh, with your journey, uh, how did you get to Bali? That's a good question. I, I'd been to Bali three times previously. I never thought that I would live there. You know, the parts that I'd been to, there's a lot of traffic and, you know, it's a developing uh, country. But I was, uh, long story short, I, I was doing different programs to learn how to write a book. I, I trained with, uh, like, I did a Louise Hay uh, workshop. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was on a cruise and it cruised around the Caribbean. And I also done a whole bunch of different trainings to be an international trainer of NLP, Neuro Linguistic Programming. Sure. And I tried out with a bunch of different companies and I would just fall short. So it was quite frustrating, but I just kept myself in the loop, kept sharpening the saw, kept doing presentations and uh, different organizations, particularly Toastmasters, which was a huge help to just get the hours in and the practice. Yep. And an opportunity opened up in Bali. It was a U.S. Um, company that was re- uh, was moving one of their offices to Bali so they could service Southeast Asia, uh, particularly Singapore. And so I moved to, to Bali, and that was in 2013. 
And um, when that contract finished, I had a coaching practice at that point in Sydney, had an office in Sydney, and I helped, and I hired a mentor and she helped me move that coaching practice online. And, yeah. And, and that's all she wrote. Uh, you know, that, that, that's awesome. It's an incredible, it is an incredible island. It's so diverse. And I think people just go to the south part, but there's so much more. And, you know, I lived all over the island, you know, a year here, two years there, three years over here. And, uh, incredible experiences along the way and just the culture it's so unique and it, as it, it is as it was 2000 years ago just with their um it's a hindu a very ancient form of hinduism that's no longer practiced in india and you'll find it it's the only place in the world where they practice this form of hinduism and it's just Oh, it's phenomenal, like little offerings on the streets of gratitude and thanks, and it just permeates the the atmosphere and it's just everywhere. And anything, like it's a magical place to manifest, anything you hold in your consciousness, you know, for 30 seconds or little intentions that you set or goals, it's almost like everything in that environment conspires and you'll just meet someone at the coffee shop and they'll go, oh, da, 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 give you the information that you needed or the encouragement or support or it's phenomenal. And Dahab in Egypt was like that as well, uh, which is down on the Red Sea. And it just has that energy, you know. And so, yeah, there's just these energy, these vortexes and uh, energy centres. I think Sedona, Arizona is another place where I had that as well. But yeah, there's, cer- there's certain places you walk on the five senses. Yeah. Yeah, yeah there's, there's certain places you walk into and you're like, wow, I've been here before but not really – been here before and then you you start experiencing things and you're like it all just goes into alignment and uh you know it's magic we'll be back in a moment beep 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 we are interrupting this show to tell you about our podcast with a very special announcement Hey folks, I hope you're enjoying your podcast, which you're listening to right now. But I would like to tell you about another one. We are Sounds Like Autism. Produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Which is full of impactful programming. It's the podcast that celebrates neurodiversity by speaking to the people who are helping to create a more inclusive world. I am Dave Thompson. I am an educator and an innovator and a leader within the space of helping the world become a more inclusive place for neurodivergent people as a neurodivergent self-advocate myself. And my co-host, Josh Mursky, is an incredible, hardworking, big-picture dude who is on the autism spectrum and super stoked to spread his message of inclusion along with me. We've had folks on from all over, all walks of life, all over the country, and more. You don't need to be someone who is autistic yourself or have skin in the game. You don't need a family member or a neighbor who is autistic. You probably have one, but you don't need any of that to get stoked on neurodiversity and inclusion. We're confident that if you give us a shot, if you join us on our journey, that you'll be a lifer and you'll be fully invested in this mission. We are just so delighted and honored to have this kind of platform to share with you all what we do check us out i hope you enjoy your current podcast and then after that skedaddle and come right over here to sounds like autism and check us out now back to the show you're listening to peace love and bring it back with me uncle dave dave shimetsky now you mentioned that you uh you you learned how to be a writer and obviously you have you've been very successful 
of that uh, because uh, I, I know uh, well now the, the the episode will publish a little you know will drop a little bit later uh, but you you're, you're just dropping another book uh, a, a journey to riches with the power of inspiration how'd that come about uh, the series or that particular book uh, the series how how do you come up with that I think the it's a se- great idea yeah the series well when I hired a mentor back in 2013 um, so we're doing, she was helping me with my first online launch and it was a six-month coaching program. And she said, rather than just be a standalone coaching program, you need like a something else that's like a attention getter. And she said, why don't you do like a book, like an anthology book where you have, you know, the clients that have finished this six-month program, they share their experience and their breakthroughs, aha, Phoenix moments, things like that. And... I thought, wow, that's a great idea. And that's where this, this series started. And so we published the first book in that series. And there was a lot of different things that sort of cropped up and adversities, challenges for the first book. I swear that I'd never do another one. <laughs> and uh, so many different things went wrong. But people kept contacting me after the first one, and it did really well. Um, wanting to, you know, are you going to do another book, another anthology book? I'd love to be part of it. And so I did a second one, and then the same thing sort of happened. You know, I did two the following year, then four, and then eight. And then we do uh, four books pretty much every year uh, for that series. And we've done helped other educators uh, create their own series and authors, you know, publish their own standalone books. So it kind of just grew and expanded um, from there. But that's how the journey, that's how the series started. That's awesome. Uh, I'd been thinking about doing something like that myself. Uh, And, uh, you you know, and I know you and I talked about, uh, me possibly being an author in, in one of the books, and the timing just wasn't yeah. right. But uh, it's excellent. But what I also want to talk about the book is, you know, I love any, anything about the power of inspiration. And one of the inspirations that you are tying the book to is also charity. So could you explain to us about that a little bit? So uh, I've been, the, every book has been tied to a charity, uh, and that, yeah, that, that social giving is just such, yeah, important aspect of the books. And so for the, um, this particular, each book, we, uh, we go out and we do uh, social giving in Bali. So we go to remote areas um, where they, you know, they don't maybe have proper flooring, they still have a dirt floor, mm-hmm. um, they're elderly or, you know, they had an accident climbing a coconut tree or something and broke their back or, you know, these are the type of people that we've helped in the past. And um, so, yeah, we go out and we, we look for uh, those villages um, that kind of get forgotten about a little bit and they're in far away sort of places. Um, tourists never see them. And um, so, yeah, we go out there and we get uh, each a family or, or person enough food for a month, you know, rice, um, cooking, uh, like oil, you know, herbs and spices, um, noodles, eggs, that sort of thing, and um, take it out to them. And, uh, yeah, they're just so appreciative. And it's such a hard open and hard opening experience. I'm sure you can attest to that, that when you go out and you give, and especially when you you get something back in return and it just surpasses anything that money could buy. It's, it's hard to put into words, but it's definitely an awesome feeling. And it's one that's very heart open and expansive and you know, I often get uh, a little bit emotional, you know, when I'm out, out there and giving to these people. And 
Yeah, it's an amazing experience. I can't so. imagine because it's really a remote place. Of, in, Bali itself is a remote place in the world. And then to go to these remote villages within a remote place, you know, where yeah. you're really making an impact in the world, uh, it, it, it's got to be very rewarding. And uh, I, I can't imagine how beautiful of an experience that must be to have these people who, like you said, might be an elderly person who broke their back collecting coconuts and, you know, probably didn't get the right medical care uh, and, and all these little pieces. Of, and then somebody coming in to help them, right? We all can do something. And that, that's, that's immensely powerful. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I, I, it almost feels like, you know, even the analogy of the girl walking along the beach and she's what there's like the beach is covered with starfish and she's just taking, you know, she's never going to be able to throw them all, all back. Uh, and someone query, let's, like, t- says this to her, you know, another stranger walking on the beach, and uh, she says, well, you know, try saying that to this one as she, you know, throws one back into the ocean. And I feel that that's kind of like that, um, you know, that, yeah, you might not be able to go out and help everyone, but uh, you can help, you know, um, there's always some family in the neighborhood that you can go out to or, you know, maybe take them a a hamper for Thanksgiving or, you know, something that's unexpected. And, um, yeah, for me, it's just very enriching. So, well, I think that's it. I, I, to me, it's part of that energy. And that's why when I, my goons for good, and and that's where you you and I have had that conversation, you know, it's about helping that local. So, you know, I'd love to, you know, talk about how we can, support your organizations as well because it's the local people not saying that the big organizations are are not doing good work either uh, and don't need support so wherever you want to donate your time money i always support that for everybody but uh, i do enjoy no knowing the people because you then have that connection uh you know there's that real connection that i know that i was part of the the their phoenix moment and helping them rise in a more, you know, personal way. Yeah. Yeah, I feel you on that. So, yeah, definitely, uh, yeah, I can share more information and how, um, yeah, you can be, be part of that. That would be awesome. And, yeah, so... Uh, yeah, so you a shout-out on social media and stuff like that. Uh, yeah, if you want to donate, uh, that would be greatly appreciated. Is there a and, link? Uh, do you have Do you have, like, a formal link to... I don't have a formal link. No, okay. I don't. Well, yeah. I, it's just a. I do have a link. It, it's just to my PayPal account. Um, but yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, no, no. Same thing I'll with share. my. Same thing with my goons for good. Right now, I don't have yeah. a link. It's not formal. Um, but that's that's why you know any money that, that has got donated. So I'm selling T-shirts and all these things. I'm making sure that okay. they see who it's going to. And when I make it, uh, you know, it, it, it's a visual thing so it's not just like okay where'd that money go to uh I, you know i i, I see dave uh, has a new car <laughs> you know um yeah, I do, which, yeah, right, which i do right. not but well but, yeah i show, i always show receipts and yep. um I, photos and food and and i'm you, you need to be very transparent with that and i think that that's what's kind of it's harder to see when you give to a, a bigger organization because also they have overheads and, and so on and so right. forth Whereas, like, I don't take any, uh, you know, this is just full-on giving. So the 100% of that money goes to 
you know, helping uh, the remote uh, villages in, in Bali, especially now with the pandemic. You know, they don't have a lot of tourists. So maybe one of their sons, they all saved up, the, you know, the family to put the, you know, a son or a daughter through um, college and, you know, get a diploma in tourism and they could go and work in a hotel. But now that a lot of those hotels are closed, yeah. um, there's, you know, Bali's been closed for tourism since the, you know, onset of the pandemic. And so it's, um, yeah, yeah, people, are, a lot of people are struggling. So. Yeah, no, no, I, I could imagine, uh, and and you've seen that. So I guess you know you're not only going to the the tourist spots, but you're also you know immersing yourself because you're living. So you, with Egypt now, so how long are you planning on being in Egypt? Uh, I'm flying out on Saturday to Dubai, um, but but you know what? For our last social giving, my PA actually went out, and um, she went out to a remote village in West Bali. And um, did the social giving and did a whole video and it was awesome. Um, but, yeah, I, also I, I give uh, – so I was in Nepal. I went to an orphanage. I haven't done so much this trip, um, but there's a lot of uh, – Bedouins is the local uh, – is the indigenous community uh, over here. Mm-hmm. And a lot of their kids uh, will go out and they'll sell um, bracelets, like these bracelets. Mm-hmm. And I always buy them. So I've got like all these bracelets at the bottom of my bag that I've sort of bought from these kids that would go around. It kind of reminded me when I was a, a kid, you know, my parents divorced when I was young and I was, you know, a little bit confused. And my mum was raising three kids on her own, working two jobs. And uh, out of necessity, you know, one of our gifts that we got uh, at Christmas uh, was from my grandparents. They gave us a plaster Paris kit. And me and my, my brother's three years older and we made these um, Disney characters. So Mickey Mouse, Donald Duck and Goofy. Goofy's nose would break off so we, we just focus on Mickey Mouse and Donald Duck. My brother <laughs> was really good with the molds and painting them, right? And I was uh, like a chubby kid, blue eyes, blonde hair, and our target market was old ladies. And so we set up a little store on the side of the street and sold these Plaza Paris statues. And um, so it kind of reminds me, you know, I know what it's like to, you know, be young and, and be selling these things and, um, you know, not have a lot of money. And you can see that with the kids, you know, they've got older clothes, you know, a little bit of you know, dirt everywhere. And um, so it's nice to be able to just give. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that's part of the, you know, knowing where you, you've come from to know where you, you're, you're coming to and allows you to uh, embrace in that. So I just, well, I know there'll be at least one question that I'll get from it. Uh, so when you're doing all this, this traveling, this freedom lifestyle, are you traveling with friends or do you meet people uh, by, you know? Uh, are... This trip was totally solo. Um, and so in Istanbul, I had a close friend in Istanbul. And so, um, yeah, I caught up with, uh, with him, uh, which was awesome. Uh, and then I just uh, met people. And so in uh, Dahab, Dahab is one of those places in Egypt where it's very, there's a strong expat community. It's very easy to meet people, very easy. Then they have like a lot of different events and things. Um, so it's easy to meet people. Static dance was something that I got into when I was there, yoga, uh, scuba diving. There's a, a strong free diving community there as well. They have the famous Blue Hole. Um, which is like this, you know, um, I'm not sure what it is in feet, but it's like 150 metres, um, which is, yeah. Which is, which is pretty deep, yeah, yeah. 
Yeah, it's very deep. It looks awesome. You know, you look from the cliffs and it's just this blue hole, you know, you're just going out into the abyss. But, yeah, it's very easy to meet people there. Also, I rented an apartment there and I made friends with the people in the apartment building. The owner lived there as well and so he would do barbecues on the rooftop. And, um, yeah, it was awesome. Really easy to meet people. In certain places it's easy to meet people and other places it, it isn't. Um, but yeah, Istanbul being like quite a large city, a little bit more difficult to, to meet people. Um, but I find like going to like Toastmasters, which is an international organization, which was started like a, a, a hundred years, over a hundred years ago by Ralph Smedley yep. in the US. I think I'm, I'm familiar. I'm a Toastmaster as well. Yeah. Yeah. So I was a Toastmaster for years and I started a, a number of clubs in Bali and um, brought Toastmasters to some communities um, um, there. And some of those clubs are still going, which is great. But that's a really good organisation to be part of. It makes it uh, easy to meet people. Meetup.com, which was basically birthed out of the adversity of 9-11, you know, uh, to uh, neighbours just said that, you know, New York was lacking a community and they wanted to have more of a community, and that's gone global. So that's in, like, I think 140 countries, same as Toastmasters. Um, and so, yeah, I think that that, those sort of, that help. Or, I mean, I don't like staying in um, backpackers um, because, you know, I do like to, to work and be productive as I travel as well. So I like to have my own space, a desk. Um, but, yeah, there's certain places like Ubud is easy to meet people. That's in Bali. Um, but there's certain ex- – uh, my friend uh, I spoke with last night, he's from Texas, and we collaborated on a book together. And he's now in Dominican Republic, and that's another area where it's really easy to meet people. Um, Costa Rica, um, certain parts of Mexico. So there's just these little little hubs that you can go to, and you know. Um, so yeah, that's awesome. But, yeah, there's yeah. Organize, I mean, I'm going to Dubai. I've got some meetings there. I'm actually um, uh, been working on a movie documentary for the last six years. And so I'm going to, going to get it out this year. And um, I've, there's people like Jack Canfield, Dr. John D. Martini, Michael yeah. Bernard Beckwith, Lisa Gar, and all these different thought leaders uh, from around the world, but mostly from the U.S. And it's mostly been filmed in, in the U.S. And so um, I'm meeting with some um, high net worth individuals in Dubai that are interested in um, financing the live acting scenes. And um, so, yeah. That's awesome. Going over that sounds exciting. Yeah. Yeah, it That's is exciting. Awesome. It is yeah, it's, 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 it's more exciting. than just exciting. It's more than just like, okay, it's a, you know, a great dive. It's a, yeah, that's a, it could be potentially life, life changing to get this documentary out. Uh, and that you've been filming it for six years. You, you've been yeah, you know, the documenting. Impact, yeah, the impact that it could have you know, on a lot of people and especially people that are interested in personal development, personal growth mm-hmm. um, is huge. And so, yeah, I'm really excited to get it out there. All right, you'll have to let me know, and we'll have to keep going. Uh, yeah. we'll, we'll help you out, do what we can to, to do that. Now, yeah, yeah, well, yeah, we have another chat. Yeah, I know I've uh, taken a lot of your time, and I don't want to be uh, too too greedy of your time. And, and are there any seeds you'd like to, you know, as being a, a personal development person, uh, what what seeds would you you know give give to us? Some you know, some people might not ha- receive it now. And some people might be like, oh, my God, I need to do that. Um, do you have any uh, gems that you can give us? 
I think when you're forming a new habit is to start small, make it as easy as possible and, and be consistent and uh, celebrate your wins. You know, it doesn't matter how small, you know, congratulate yourself often. And as simple as it, as it is, uh, if you can do those things, you know, moving in whatever direction, you know, your vision or having that, you know, audacious um, goal, you know, there's something it's just, it's so scary, and that's what that film, the film was, and it still is a little bit, but you know, lesser extent now because I'm I'm right at the end. Um, but you know, it's just having that something, whereas you feel like, oh my god, who am I to dream that? And w- when you have that feeling, that's that's the thing you got to move towards. Mm-hmm. You know, that's what you should manifest. That's what you should go and create. And it's just a little step by step. Uh, process and you can be consistent with that then the little steps add up right and before you know it you just like you look back it's like wow like i've come that far yeah you know? th- th- that's what i always talk about when i'm mentoring somebody yeah. is i want you to look back even in a week to see if you've been consistent and changing that and you know i know through the communications we've had i know your favorite r word was was remember and, and i think we, yeah. we we shouldn't forget where we've come from but where we continue to go and look that and celebrate that. So I, I, I love that, those gems, and would want everybody to celebrate where they're at, even if they're not at the place where they want to be. Think about where you want to be and take those steps. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, 100%. Yeah, that, that's it. Okay. And, uh, yeah, step by step. You know, Step by step, anything is possible. You know, it's just taking that first step. All right. Well, thank you so much, and uh, you know, for your time, for your for your knowledge, and for your story. Uh, love to. I mean, you and I could talk to you all day long. I'm sure there's a million questions that I could. But uh, for everybody else, I just want to make sure that you always receive peace and love. And when you need to bring it back, it's those boundaries, it's those ideas, what you need to do, keep them going, take a swing, and make sure you hit your sweet spot and hit a home run. Have a great day. I'm really glad that you're enjoying our show. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is brought to you by Launchpad 516 Studios. Executive produced by David Chemetsky and George Andriopoulos. Music selections by James Grant, Zach Nelson, and James Gaither, and licensed through Storyblock. Sound effects and sponsorship music licensed through Epidemic Sound. Peace, Love, and Bring a Bat is hosted with Podbean. Subscribe to our show wherever podcasts are available. Don't forget to leave us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts and share with all of your friends. Follow us on Facebook at Peace, Love, and Bring a Back. Follow me, Uncle Dave, Dave Shemetsky, on Facebook, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Clubhouse. You can find all those links and more info at davidshemetsky.com. For show ideas, feedback, guest inquiries, or just a chat, reach out to me at peacelovebringabat at gmail.com. For sponsorship and media inquiries, reach out to peacelovebringabat at lp516.com. Make sure to follow all the great podcasts produced by Launchpad 516 Studios. Today's journey has come to a close, my friends. I hope the seeds of peace and love continue to grow for each one of you. Remember that peace and love surrounds you and will assist you to rise again. But don't forget to bring a bat for what you believe in. Namaste. Namaste.